0: This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, February 10th, 2018. The, only thing we have the economic health of this nation has been... More essential economic freedom. The excessive, the excessive, excessive decline... decline. In, the dollar, ...in the dollar... ...lack of work. late rally on Wall Street... To fail. ...growing the economy... the economy... ...growing the economy... ...welcome. <laughs> This is Money Talks. Good morning, good morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on the radio. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Jarrett McKenzie and Jennifer Thomas. Yes, sir. Glad are you? to be back. Good, man. Yeah. Uh this show we usually talk about financial markets and uh since the news is so good this week we're gonna talk about the Olympics.
1: Yeah, there's not been much <laughs> going on this week. Ice
0: skating starts <laughs> tonight, right? Yeah. How oh, about does? that? Well, I uh, so. Yeah we did have uh Olympics in South Korea start this week yeah. and uh Um, Well, by the time this show airs,
1: we'll have had the the opening ceremonies and everything, won't we? Mm Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, There's already been some curling and uh, ski jumping. I mean, you know... (laughs) Never I think that's what I'm, I'm
2: going to learn how to do the curling. The ski jump? No, the, no <laughs> I'm too old for the ski jump. I think I'm going to try the curling. Oh,
0: Jennifer, <laughs> I would watch the ski jump all day long if you wanted to do that. Yeah. Uh, there are probably folks that would do the same for me. Right? Yeah. That's what friends are for. That's right. <laughs>
2: if they can't laugh at you, what
0: that's right. can well, they we're, do? We're, we're laughing with you, of course. Why aren't you laughing? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, markets, lots of volatility over the past week. Um Anybody who said the market was going to be up this week was just sitting here with egg on their face. You see it? Mm-hmm. I say it every week, right? I, was yeah, I wasn't here last
2: week, so it was you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did everybody pick yeah. up? Oh, absolutely. We had a quorum. Mm. It was uh, me. I think DJ, Shauna, Shauna. Yeah. So you can you can uh, I'll hit point those that out up. to them. Uh, of mm-hmm. course. Why not? Why not? Market down. Seven percent in the last five days. Uh very difficult to watch. Energy down ten point eight percent. Leading the pack lower. Telecom, who has had a rough year no matter what, is down eight and a quarter percent. Uh big winner, utilities, only down four percent, four point three uh over the last week. Uh very um what do we call it, I guess, conservative position. It's kind of a defensive position. But uh, even as defensive as it might be, Mm -hmm. still down 4%. If you look year to date, it's not quite that bad, only down 1.77%. We got uh, the year started, in the first month through uh, January 26th, the market was up 7.5%, 7.55%. we have now erased all that. And uh, one of the things that just bothers me to no end is the fact that everyone, bar none, Jarrett, we had this conversation at lunch. They talk about the Dow Jones Industrial <laughs> Average.
1: It's like it's the only indicator
0: right, of, well, of how things are going. Uh, right. So let's talk about that for a second. It's 30 stocks. Mm-hmm. It's a price-weighted index. How right. many stocks are there
2: publicly traded?
0: Oh, goodness. Uh, it depends on if you're looking <laughs> in one direction or another. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you talk about domestically. Yeah, let's uh, say domestically. Yeah, I, it's, it's almost 8,000 yeah, stocks. Yeah, I was going to say, between. I was
1: thinking close to 10. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and this is 30 mm-hmm. stocks. This mm-hmm. is 30. Yeah, and, and again, price-weighted. So what does that mean? Well, the largest stock... The largest company on the Dow Jones Industrial Index was up 111% last year. It is the largest because its price is the biggest. It's Mm -hmm. Boeing. Oh. Oh, I thought it was GE. No, <laughs> GE is on there, but guess <laughs> no, I know. No, what? No, I'm GE kidding. Is the that smallest. had to be the
1: worst performer, right? And,
0: and it it was uh, down 40 percent or yeah, something like it, that. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the worst, down about 43 <laughs> so, percent, I think. If you just want to get very technical, so but it is one of the smallest because its price there is small. Your why we
1: should be doing this show on Facebook Live, because <laughs> everybody should have got to see your face when I said GE. Gee. that was great.
0: Well, here's the thing: if you measure it more by market cap, so let's talk about about the differences. I just told you, mm-hmm. price-weighted average, basically what you get with the Dow Jones Industrial Average, we get one stock. It, it, it's the same as if you took one share of each of those 30 companies, and that's how you measure the market. It doesn't make sense. The, the uh, company that is the largest in the Dow, again, Boeing, is the ninth largest when you look at it. In the S&P 500, the S&P 500 is market cap weighted and it's 500 stocks, a pretty good broad uh, idea of what goes on in the market. And and the fact that it's weighted by market cap means it's the price times the number of shares, which gives you an economic number at this point, not just a random price number. What can change in price? I mean, uh, look at um, look at Berkshire Hathaway. They've never had a uh, split in the stock. And it costs, what, $140,000 per share? If it were on the Dow, can you imagine? Everything would, the Dow would look like (laughs) that one stock. Yeah. Anyway, so this is one of my soapboxes that I've been standing on frequently because everybody says, "Well, we lost six hundred points on the Dow." I'm saying, I ask them, "So what does that mean? Tell me mm-hmm. what that means." Yeah. And most folks can't. Why quite do you think that has out.
1: historically been that that gauge, right? I mean, it, it's because it was first, basically. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: it It has the longest history. It's been around a long time. The other piece that nobody ever talks about is there's a Dow transports. There's other. Uh, measures of of the market that mm-hmm. were used by Dow Jones a long time ago. Dow Jones was a news agency. It still is. Uh, you know, It owns the uh, Wall Street Journal. It's probably a lot of the reason that we see it so widely reported is it was created by media, sure. and media still cheers it up and down. Boeing was up 111% last year. It is the number one stock. What do you think it's going to do to the Dow? It's 9%. Of the, it's almost one tenth of the mm-hmm. whole index. Yeah, and yet the number one stock according to market cap, Apple, on the S and P five hundred, is about seventh on the list. It wasn't up as big, and you wouldn't expect it to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Problem
0: is, when I start looking at valuations, which I've been a, a, you know, I've been trying to shine the light on valuation in the market for a long time now, uh, the market looks more reasonable today when I look at the price-to-earnings ratio than it did a month ago, than it did at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you pay too much for the earnings you're going to receive, I mean, let's let's face it, break it down to the very most basic steps. Investing is about what you're going to get in the future, right? Yep. So I'm an analyst, and, and what matters most is cash flow, right? Yep. It's not earnings because earnings, you know, it's a, a gap measure. There's a lot of stuff in earnings that aren't sure. cash-related. When I break it down to look at cash flow, as an investor, we want to see how little we can pay for as much cash flow in the future as we can get. Mm -hmm. The market's not there right now. I've been talking about it for a while. You know, we got up to almost a 42% premium to the long-term average price-to-earnings ratio.
1: Is that even after this week, you think? I mean, because we're getting a lot of calls already. No, no.
0: Asking no, what is now
1: week. is now more of a bargain, you know. Yeah,
0: we're we're at 28%. So what we've got, and I just mentioned this, we're down 1.7% on the year. So PE is down a little bit. At the same mm. time, if you look at all the underpinnings, the fundamentals of the economy and stocks, uh, 15.1% growth in earnings. We're in the middle of earnings season. Um, I'm looking at the sheet here. I say 15.1. it's moved mm-hmm. a little fourteen point three five. That's an awesome number. Earnings are mm-hmm. growing like crazy. Valuations still look pretty steep. Now when you
1: say we're down one point seven or one point eight, S&P
0: five hundred okay. is down. One point seven seven percent year to date as of the taping of this show.
2: Well, you know, you mm-hmm. were talking about, you know, the media and, and but what I find amusing during this and we've talked about the fact that we're overdue for a correction in this sure. market. Are Absolutely. we Are We not? I we mean, uh, you know, to me it's like it's about time for, for this to happen. We've been waiting and waiting. So, um, you know, but then you hear things on the media like this is the biggest decline in the history of the market. And they make it sound yeah. horrible.
0: Well, and what they're talking about is – Points, the number of yes, points. Yeah. Think Which about Which has this.
2: nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, anything.
0: Right. When you go up to over twenty six thousand, and you come down six hundred points in right. a day. Yeah. Today yeah. it's only two and a half percent. If you did that in two thousand seven, mm-hmm. you would have lost six percent. Yeah. Right. We haven't lost six percent in a day. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, it, to me, it's just crazy. And you know, they cheer it up. The media cheers uh, the market up. And right now they're cheering yeah. it down, and it's just crazy. So, to as see the what's voice of reason, mm-hmm.
2: it's still right. somewhat overvalued, and it is
0: absolutely <laughs> a little overvalued. And Jennifer, I mean, we try to to uh, explain things. A lot of our our uh, focus, our goal at Hensler Financial, is to um, make sure that people understand, educate, Ed, yeah, That's right. equity markets. Are volatile, And if we know that we have needs for our money in the next 10 years, what do we do?
2: We put it in fixed income investments and keep it safe.
0: That's right. And fixed income doesn't get kicked around near as bad when you're talking about this. At the moment, we have seen some similar correlation. You know, everybody Mm -hmm. says correlation goes to one. Basically, it means that everything's moving up or down at the same time. We had it on the upside. We've got it a little bit on the downside. Yields are rising. And... To be honest we I think that's a lot of the driver behind the fact that we've seen the market sell off a little bit. Sure. You know, um, when when we work out those cash flows, those future cash flows, we bring them back to present value with a discount factor. That discount factor is the long-term interest rate on bonds. So um, let's take a real quick break right here, and when we get back, I'll talk about a dog of the week. And uh, y'all stick around. You're listening to Money Talks.
3: a cool time and we're gonna make you love your mind everybody just have a cool time it's time for the dog
0: of the week all right uh, dog of the week this week don't know if you saw it don't know if you heard it there is an exchange-traded fund that actually collapsed this week.
1: An exchange-traded
0: fund. An exchange-traded fund. So, that you know, you can, you can go positive, negative. You can do all kinds of things, double long, double inverse. Um, there's some pretty creative things you can do in the market these days with exchange-traded funds. This one, um, you ever heard of the VIX, the volatility index? Yep. All right, so it measures expectations of volatility, and it's uh, according to the options market. Uh, Last year was a record year for low volatility. Um, Basically, volatility was uh, at a level, long-term average, 9.43. In a normal year, it's somewhere around 11.5, so it was two points lower. Um, If you wanted to make money, Trading anything volatility, what folks were doing is buying the inverse volatility index, meaning that as volatility went down, you made lots of money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, volatility being as low as it was last year, and Jennifer, you mentioned it in our, our first segment how how uh, usually we get a ten percent downturn and mm-hmm. you know in the market on an average in a single year, we usually have three five percent declines before they recover. In an average year, you know, if you measure over a long period of time, last year, as bad as the market got, 2.88 percent in a span of about almost two weeks in August. Mm-hmm. So very low volatility. Well, these folks that traded it um, last year, it's uh, the inverse. So instead of VIX, V I X, the symbol on this is X I V. Uh, there's a guy named Seth Golden who uh, used to be a he name. used to be a uh, um, basically a dispatcher for a, for a uh, trucking company, more or less. Decided he had become a day trader. Last year, the inverse volatility index was up 187.5%. And as I was telling you before, quite often you'll see the media cheer something higher, and then things happen, and they cheer it lower. Well, The New York Times did a uh, study or did uh, an expose, I guess, in the middle of the summer last year talking about how this guy had made so much money Um, in the last, well, since February 1st, that 200 or what was it, 187.5% has been turned into basically nothing. In fact, the ETF blew up (laughs) between February 1st (laughs) and today. It is down... 88.3%. 88.3%. From 187. From 187. It's going to be closed within the next three months. The company that was running it was Credit Suisse. <clears throat> uh, the contracts behind the inverse volatility have basically collapsed. Uh, its value is going to be nothing. You you lost. I mean, it's still showing a value. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you're going to get nothing there. Wow. Ouch, huh? That's incredible. Yeah, no doubt. From 129 bucks at its pinnacle, to you know, it's trading today at five point four, five dollars and forty cents from 129, <laughs> just in less than in a what? week. Yeah, a week. A week. A week. Wow. Uh, if you're taking risks, know the risk you're taking. That's the biggest point here. Uh, be careful of the media that will whipsaw things one way or the other. Um, you know i'm not trying to to laugh at somebody else's expense but the reality is uh, you know the guy he in this story that's been out this week because there, you know it's kind of a follow on to the new york times article that they had done he said i survived it any of y'all thought it caps you know capsized me you're wrong he had uh, mm-hmm. supposedly he had saw uh, some of the volatility kicking up so he took a position um that would offset some of his his short volatility but, position. But. You,
2: know, pe- you know, there are people out there that, you know, sometimes say that investing in the stock market is just like gambling. That, to me, is like <laughs> gambling. I mean, but when you're right. when you're investing in the stock market, in general, you're investing in companies that have earnings. Yeah. You're owning a piece of that company.
0: Yeah. that
2: You're not owning anything. No, it, it's,
0: it's just pure speculation right. on... It's hmm. one price. There, right. There's no earnings involved. Right. There's no cash flows involved. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I... It, if you're if you're buying something that has one easy cash flow in the future and you don't know what it is, it might be speculation. If mm-hmm. there's a business behind it and you can see their operations are, right. are out there gathering revenues and those revenues, you know, hit the bottom line and they're bigger than you know than than the money they took in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's profitable. Uh some of the things that I look at, I talk about it all the time on the show. Uh if you're investing in stocks, look at the profitability, the growth. Um and then look at valuation. Mm-hmm. All of them matter, and you can't understand how much it's worth unless you understand how much the company makes. Yeah. You can have companies that don't grow an ounce. You can have companies that that uh, you know they they have to be profitable still in order for you to have any kind of value to the company. And yeah. and understanding what you own. Is of utmost importance when you're investing. I mean, this goes back <laughs> another asset class that was up a whole lot bigger than the mm-hmm. the inverse volatility index last year. Jared, what am oh, I about to say?
1: Some Bitcoin, maybe?
0: Bitcoin. Yeah, it was up over thirteen hundred percent in two thousand seventeen. Yeah, it's down sixty two percent when I last looked from its high. Its mm-hmm. high was hit on the sixteenth of December. Here mm-hmm. we are, February, a week in. Mm-hmm. It's down sixty one percent. Speculation in two thousand seventeen was was at a I won't call it an all time high, but it was it was pretty rampant. Know yeah. if you're speculating or investing, um, you know people that buy Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. I, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that cryptocurrencies aren't something that will be useful in the future, but I don't believe that any of them are truly a currency today.
1: Yeah, well, to Jennifer's point, I mean, they're, they're not generating earnings. They're not generating revenue. They're not paying right. dividends. There's nothing. You're, you're really trading supply and demand, and, and I think gambling was the key word there. All right. right. I, I just assume take the money to the casino, at least to have a little bit of fun out of it. Yeah. Because yeah, it will drive you crazy watching the market with stuff like that. I mean.
2: And in general, yeah. they give you free cocktails. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. You get a lot <laughs> so of free stuff, like too. So it's kind of like a party where you, you get to lose your yeah. <laughs> wallet. take it to the casino, have some fun. Stay away from that stuff.
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, the the biggest thing is when you're investing, there's generally a business involved, and and you know if there's not, then you're doing what we call the bigger fool theory. Mm-hmm. Basically, you have to find a fool bigger than you, who's more willing to buy it from you at a higher price. Right. The one cash flow, the only way you're gonna make money is to sell it at a higher price. And mm-hmm. you know, if it's if it's very difficult to uh determine the valuation then you're gonna have have trouble. You're probably speculating. Sure. Not investing. Yep. All right guys, so um with all of that out of the way, <laughs> off my chest, um I, I think I'm going to be okay. I'm going to take Are a few you? extra breaths over right. here. I didn't
1: know where you were going when you when you involved Bitcoin. I thought we were about to get off on a tangent.
0: <laughs> well, hey, didn't we? <laughs> we, we, a, l- we did. a little bit, yeah. but, you know, I mean, hey, I, it's a
1: hot topic. I don't hey, blame you.
0: I, I, I'm reeled back in now. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's not
1: something you'd find in one of our portfolios, is it? Uh, you no, guys got that? Absolutely not.
0: But you know what? I do get a lot of questions about it, especially lately. Yeah. And um, you know, I think it's worthwhile talking about sure. because it's a, it's another one of those educational points that uh, we're always happy to to take a take a side road and, and uh, talk about, uh, kind of put our thoughts together and, and let folks understand just what what our take on those are. Sure. Um, but what we've got to talk about right now
1: got us a new situation today, don't we?
0: We do, and um, it involves kind of our tax changes. Yep, um, had a lot of tax changes back in December. Um, the biggest, uh, the biggest impact was, you know, corporations and the the lowering. That's probably been the mm-hmm. biggest focus. I won't call it the biggest impact, but right. the biggest focus has been uh, corporate tax rates falling from max rate of. Uh, 35% down to 21% max. Um, a lot of changes to individual mm-hmm. uh, taxation, and this is actually one of those items.
1: Yeah, it's casualty I would losses. Right? Certainly, say it's one of the lesser-known items that uh, you know you're not seeing as much of uh, in the news in terms of what what has come out of this new uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, as they put it, as TCJA. Uh, you see a lot of that if you. See Usually,
0: it spells sure. a, a word. And they just they just messed <laughs> know, us up this time. Exactly. We don't get any. Exactly. Hadja. Had yeah. yeah, I know. It's it wasn't a real very word. well thought out. We could have yeah. come up with something a little surely more creative. It been, surely, well, no, they but, are lawmakers. I mean, how creative do you really yeah, want? Yeah. Well, to that's be?
1: true. That's true. And, and, you know, I, we're going to be taking a break here in a minute. So I think we'll just kind of set this uh, situation up and we can come back to it and talk a little bit about it. But to your point, Troy, it is, it is about one of the provisions of the new act, specifically the property and casualty losses and how they are affected. Uh, whenever you do have a substantial loss in your property, let's say due to a hurricane or a flood, maybe are some of the more common ones. And, you know, in, in the past, you have been able to deduct Uh, those expenses that you might incur in fixing your property. uh, Those, have, like I said, have been deductible to a degree uh, prior to the passing of this new act. However, because of the new Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, Uh, The rules for 2018 and beyond are now different, and taxpayers can only take a deduction for personal casualty losses if the loss is attributable to a presidentially declared disaster uh, starting this year. So that's a big change. We'll talk some more uh, specifics about it whenever we come back. Uh, But this is uh, an important piece that you'll want to stick around for.
0: Yep. Uh, Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll come back and talk a little bit about some casualty losses. Got it.
2: There is a house in your
0: house. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Jennifer Thomas uh before we left, we were talking a little bit about casualty losses, but before we get into that, let us uh, tell you how to get in touch with us. We'd love to uh, hear from you and answer your questions, uh, financial questions, preferably. Jarrett might answer questions about how to fix your car and whatever you you need. I mean, train your dog and all the fun stuff they do out in Baldwin County. Exactly. uh, it's a beautiful. Um, it's God's country. God's country. God's Hey, you know what? I've uh, I've resided there before, yeah, not currently, but yeah. you know. There's, well, there's some good folks,
1: that's, we had to revoke your license, man. I'm sorry, oh, I didn't I, mean, I was kicked out. you, uh, I didn't you know, realize. you traveled
0: yeah. too far it's, from I, the. I got kicked line. out because that's, I washed my truck.
1: Hey, that's uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It is. That's probably it. It
1: was done so subtly. That means we did it right. You didn't even feel it. I didn't
0: even know I would <laughs> yeah. I was bounced. Yep. Wow. All right. Well, uh if you have questions about finance, preferably not your dog, uh you can uh reach us uh on our question hotline 1-855-429-9166. You can call in Leave a recorded message. We'll play it back on the air and then answer the question right behind it. or if you'd rather talk to a human being, we do have a few of those around here seven seven oh four two nine nine one six six uh or you can email us at dr at hensler dot com that's h e n s s l e r dot com and uh before I get too far away from it, you know we talked a little bit about the olympics starting um our producer Kelly Lynn tells us that uh you can actually go curling locally.
1: It's incredible. I never knew that. She
0: oh, yeah, had that's... a picture of her curling. Her curling. Mm-hmm. How about that? And uh, it's right over off of uh, Lower Roswell Road, the, what is it, the Marietta Curling Club? No, uh, peach tree peach tree.
2: Peachtree peach tree Curling. We're
0: in Atlanta. Everything's called mm-hmm. Peachtree. So, yeah, Peachtree <laughs> Curling. And uh, if you just really had I to do I think our it.
2: social committee needs to, you know, look into that.
0: Speaking of curling, I mean, Jarrett's got that... some beautiful locks. He, uh, that's right. He keeps curling <laughs> all the time. Uh, he he kind of, in fact, he it, he looks almost <laughs> just like Curly exactly. from the Three Stooges. You
1: sound like my dad.
0: Yeah. used
1: I did used to watch out with him a lot, so we got to yeah, get a good kick out of Curly. Curly's a good guy, man. I'm going to take that is, as a compliment. Curly, Curly At least while we're on the guy. air.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you just really wanted to see what Jarrett looked like, you can go to our website hensler.com and, uh, and check true. it out. You can check I'll all this there. out. I mean, we all have faces for radio. I won't speak of you, Jennifer, but uh, <laughs> Jarrett and I definitely fall into that category. Well, that's and, right. Uh, Maybe you know. we
2: should start an ETF and speculate how many people think he looks like Curly. It'll crash. <laughs> It'll crash. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, you, you talk about crashing. Since we've had a kick-up in volatility, I have heard that some uh, some financial company websites have been getting so much traffic. That they have uh, they have had outages recently, which is very really? strange. I'm telling you. You think
1: like you mean like banks, maybe people checking yeah, on their money, or right. they're going there for it's checking.
0: Out, well, it's a lot of it is uh, stock based uh, financial yeah. companies. So yeah, just logging in to see yeah, their some website. of the big wire uh, yeah. wirehouses or whatever. Yeah, trying to see yeah. their values. Uh, even some 401k sites uh, have had issues with mm-hmm. added volatility. Hey, look, you know what? Uh, if you are not retiring tomorrow you probably don't have a huge issue and by tomorrow I do mean a, a longer window of time but yeah um, anything
2: that you have in the stock market you know we recommend that it should be something that you are not going to need in the next 10 years yeah. so this this blip in the market or this downturn in the market it should not affect your ability right. To yeah. reach your
0: goals, our financial philosophy was designed with these things in mm-hmm. mind. I mean, it really is aimed at trying to help right. our clients sleep at night. If you know, if you get nervous because the market goes down, mm-hmm. um, it's perfectly human for you to do that. Yeah. But reality is, just think about. What you've done for you, you know, planning for the long term, mm-hmm. and it, it should actually give you some solace.
1: Well, and if you if you've purchased long-term investments and don't have a need for liquidity, then really these these corrections should not worry you all that much. Nobody likes to see their account value declining, obviously, but at the end of the day, look, it's got to do this to remain healthy. That's what I've been telling clients this entire week: is you know, healthy markets correct themselves. I, I would probably be more concerned had the market gone up what it's come down just because of where we were at already for the year. Right. And frankly, where we had come to just uh, with these record highs, this, this is, a, what a healthy market does, yeah. and I think a lot of people have become numb to that because we have just seen such a steady increase for so long. Sure, we need these things, and and people need to understand that this is healthy. It doesn't right. doesn't feel good. I get it. We're 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 in the same boat, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, we we're invest too. <laughs> we're not just the advisors here, and and, right. and so I'm I'm trying to take my own advice, but the, that's the truth of the matter. It is what a healthy market does. Now, how far it's going to go, we'll see. But to this point, I think it's been. Fairly healthy.
0: Yeah, and Jarrett, I'll be honest. with you, I think the valuations today are a lot more reasonable than they were a week ago, a month ago. You
1: know, right.
0: it's it's uh, one of those things. Uh, markets can fix their issues, their valuation issues, in one of two ways: earnings grow or prices fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not we're not. Hey, guess what? If we focus on what's happened over the past year, we're still up. Over 17%, yeah. which is way better than you would see in a normal mm-hmm. one-year
1: span. Well, you, if you guys recall, remember we got a big cookie cake when the Dow hit 20,000 because this right. was some big, you know, it was a big uh, milestone, and everybody was thinking, wow, how much further can this thing really go? And when was that? That that, that wasn't that's even 24 we, months ago, was it? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. at or around there anyways? Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, you just think about how far that's come and how quickly – It's incredible. Well,
0: expectations have been good. So, you know, we understand how we got to where we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now the expectations have turned into some reality. we got tax reform. Uh, If you look at what the Atlanta Fed is telling us right now, uh, the Atlanta Fed expects GDP growth in the first quarter to be at 5.4%. Guess what it's been in the last quarter of, of last year? We got one report. We always get three of these. So we got one in December. We'll get one. In, I mean, we got a, a estimate in January. We'll get another at the end of February, and the final will be in March. 2.6%. So mm-hmm. the Atlanta Fed, this is not my number. This is the Atlanta Fed saying that we're going to have a doubling of economic growth in the first mm-hmm. quarter, and why would it be tax reform? Right. It's really hard to say exactly what tax changes are going to do. But there's some incentives in there that uh, sure. that give corporations uh, the incentive to buy more goods, yeah. spend some capital instead of just buying back their own stock. Speaking of tax reform, let's get back to our situation we were talking about with uh, casualty losses before the break. Seems like it was an hour ago, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we so, still, uh, we got quite a lot in there. Uh, yeah. You just had to go the...
0: way around to circle <laughs> yeah, back. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> okay. How'd yeah. you like the backside of Mr. Robbins' barn? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, yeah, the, the the overarching issue here is how the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act has affected uh, property casualty losses. As I said before the break, traditionally these have been deductible uh, if you incurred losses, uh, and with federally declared disaster areas, you had the choice to claim it in the year the loss occurred or the uh, immediately preceding year. Now, with the new rules for 2018 and beyond, as I mentioned. Taxpayers can now only take a deduction for the losses if the loss is attributable to a presidentially declared uh, disaster beginning in 2018. And this is really meaningful because, you know, for the most part, and I can't tell you how many clients we run across that, you know, insurance, while it's important and most people have some coverage in place, they're not eyeing it closely enough to make sure that their coverages do not have gaps in them or that they have the proper coverages. And that's what this is really sparking, and while we're talking about it on today's show, is because we want to encourage you to now uh, take a look at your insurance coverages, make sure they're up to date and that you're properly covered, because you're not going to be able to get some of this money back in the same way that you have in the past through the deductions for the losses that you might incur.
0: Right. Those of us who are fiscally conservative like the fact that the government is no longer our backstop for insurance. That's right. And they yeah. shouldn't have been all along. But that's honestly what's changed here. Mm-hmm. But
2: you have to look. So this means, you know, if it is not a um, declared disaster, right. um, you know. which Important you which, point. Right. Which you think about, like, if your washing machine, Like if you go on vacation and the hose breaks and it floods your house or, you know, there's a fire, all of these types of things that happen to people all the time that are not part of a, you know, declared disaster.
0: Right, a big situation.
2: Right. Right. Then you're liable, you know, and a lot of people now have chosen to go to higher deductible plans because they don't want to pay the increase in premium, and it's a way for them to reduce their cost of insurance. But you need to make sure that you can cover that deductible, that that is a reasonable amount for you to come out of pocket um,
1: and handle. Yeah, and and look, speaking of that example, with a flood, be it from your washing machine or -hmm. or otherwise, I mean, especially this week, I don't know about you guys, but just driving around with all this rain we had, even (laughs) yesterday, the creeks are... Really full. Sometimes you have these flash flood watches right. and, mm-hmm. and you never know what could happen there. But it's, that's why it's extremely important to know and understand your policy because for the most part, uh, homeowners, the standard homeowners insurance policy, anyways, generally doesn't provide for flood, for flood damage. So now you got no coverage and maybe you thought you did, but even, even though that you don't. Now you've got all these losses that you've got to pay for and, you know, used to could get a deduction for but no longer can now. So you can see how meaningfully this has been affected by this new, uh, this new legislation and why we're talking about it once again because most people are not going to see this change with the act materially affect something like their insurance but it certainly is uh and so you know with that i think maybe we can take a short break and come back and answer some of your listener questions uh, but stick around you're listening to money talks
0: about that Jarrett, you uh, finished you caught me flat-footed but hey the music's playing now you're listening to money talks we'll get <laughs> right back When you
1: start investing in stocks, you seek investment advice. When you seek investment
0: advice, you go to the Internet. When you go to the Internet, you start believing all the wacky correlations spouted by armchair analysts. When you start believing those wacky correlations, you start buying and selling stocks based on butter production in Bangladesh. When you start buying and selling stocks based on butter production in Bangladesh, you offend your lactose intolerant girlfriend, who in turn moves out. When your girlfriend moves out, you can't afford rent on your own because all your money is tied up in the stock market. When you can't afford rent on your own, you become homeless and alone. Thank you. Don't become homeless and alone. Get rid of financial advice from armchair analysts and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks.
1: Now, how much weight do you guys in research place on butter in Bangladesh production?
0: Man, I don't, I don't even know anybody in Bangladesh. About as rural as I get <laughs> is Polk County, and I, I always ask you the morning nothing. how much butter y'all made today. Yeah, I but, don't know uh, how much
1: butter's being made out there. I know a few other things. Might be, but you know, it's not even. I'm
0: not even wow. going there. <laughs> you got to pay for it. I'm with talking Bitcoin, about peanuts
1: right? and cotton and well, all those well, things. I'm just saying you're on your, on your fifth
0: child about to be born. Well, <laughs> Yeah,
1: wow. yeah uh, well, yeah, there's there's all kinds of production we had out in Polk <laughs> County.
0: Uh, no doubt. <laughs> all right, on that note, let's uh, tell folks where they can answer real, legitimate financial questions. Uh, you can give us a call, 770 429 9166 call our question hotline 1-855-429-9166 or you can email us dr gene that's g e n e at Hensler.com, h e n s s l e r and if you want to go to our website you might be able to answer some of your more widely held questions i guess yeah. uh, financial questions there we got quite a bit of information on the website and uh like i said if you want to see curly from uh mm-hmm. From Three Stooges, you can go on and just look up Jarrett McKenzie.
1: Yeah. You only See, get the profile right. pic, though. You know, I'm not, uh, I, like you said, I have a face for radio, so yeah, you I, don't you know, have I'm the, not i am not on the videos on the homepage yeah. like you, Troy.
0: Yeah. Uh, Larry and uh, Mo aren't there with you. No. It's just curly. I've
1: been trying to grow this mustache
0: out. It's not working that, that way. Mustache. <laughs> Well, it's a little light. I'm not, you know, it's light-colored. Well, so. uh, you know. I'm getting there. All right, so now that uh, now that we've crashed our website with people going to see Jarrett. <laughs>
2: so, well, now this week I got a call and um, from someone I believe her name is Charlene. I had it written down on a sticky note and lost it on my way up here. So, but um, she wanted to know what our thoughts were on GE.
0: Yeah, GE, General Electric, one of the oldest companies that's still in the Dow. I think they've been in there since, like, the turn of the last century, 19, early 1900s. Uh, and, you know, we talked a little earlier about it being the smallest company on the Dow Jones Industrial Average because mm-hmm. its price is only $14. Um, it's actually gotten beaten half to death in the last year. We're, we're, we've seen GE's price fall 43% while the market was up huge, 21% in 2017. So um, what's going on at GE? Well, a few years back, we actually opted to sell them as well. Uh, under their previous leadership, Uh, The company decided, while everyone else is outsourcing everything else to other companies, maybe even offshore, that they were going to start hiring engineers. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing that we're going to pay Americans to do jobs, but the reality is you go from specializing in certain things to now you're going to create your own situation. Instead, I mean, you know, even around here, the way technology is, you'd really rather have another company do it. But when they started doing some of the things they did and and paring the company down, uh, you know, we went through the last recession with GE having to get help from the government because it was, uh, while it's in the industrials industry, it actually had loads and loads of uh, financial uh, sector, uh, I guess, exposure. Yeah. Um, Recently, they spun off Synchrony, you know, does – a lot of financial things. So we're down now to a company that looks a whole lot more industrial than it ever has.
1: Well, so, but how attractive is it now that it's come down to where it has? And I don't know if that's yeah, what Charlene's so, getting at, but it yeah. seems like, I mean, to your point, if it's fallen that much, and it yeah. clearly has met our investment criteria well, before.
0: Well, let's talk about that because just because a company declines... In value doesn't necessarily mean that it's attractive. It, again, depends on how much you're going to get in cash flow off the backside of the business. So uh, one of the things they've been dealing with is still an overhang from the previous financial situation. They um, owned a company that sold a lot of uh, long-term care insurance. We talk Mm -hmm. a lot on this radio show about long-term care insurance, what an awesome tool it is to... uh, uh, to use for financial planning, you know, when when you uh, could potentially have issues with your health later in life, it kicks in and and takes care of you, right? Sure. Uh, well, in the low interest rate environment, they haven't been able to, to uh, and and especially think about what's going on. We got baby boomers that are aging, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're having to be taken care of by this company who's they've uh, stepped up and said they'll be liable for the costs of that. Um, They said in the fall, fourth quarter, that, um, or this was third quarter, reported in fourth quarter, uh, that they might have as much as $3 billion as a write-down due to that. Well, now it's blossomed to maybe twice that much. Wow. Uh, The company is really struggling with some of the, the uh, overhang of assets that they had actually pushed off and they don't really have revenues at this point but uh they still have the liabilities. So uh I think it's still too soon to buy GE. Um they're they're uh priced you know around I think it's high 14s mid 14s on a price to earnings mm-hmm. ratio. Um but again, you know, glad that we sold it when we did but yeah. in in reality we're still not recommending it. Uh, price is down, but it's still not where it needs to be for me to.
1: Yeah, well, get and, and Charlie, think about this because it's something I learned in college and it kind of changed the way I look at things. But believe it or not, with what Troy's talking about, that $14 stock can be more expensive than, say, Procter and Gamble at eighty dollars, and it Absolutely. all goes back to the price to earnings. You know, a lot of people don't understand that they're looking at that market price and saying, "This is a cheaper stock. I can get it for good value because it's come down." Not necessarily, just because to your point, it's come down, that doesn't mean that it's cheaper. In fact, like I said, it could be more expensive than say Procter and Gamble at eighty. So, uh, you know, just keep that in mind as you're evaluating whether or not you want to spend the money to, to purchase some of these shares or, or keep them anyways.
0: Right. Yeah. Valuation is expressed in dollars, but it really is uh, more of a concept of how much you get for how much you spend. And that's always the way it's been. Yep. All right. Let's go to uh, another question. Blake from Ellenwood uh, asks, why is it important to factor inflation into retirement planning? How much inflation do I need to factor in? Inflation has been in the news a lot lately. uh, Part of the reason that, uh, you know, some folks have said that uh, the market is going down. we've seen wage growth at two point nine percent, but that's not what we're talking about right It's more your spending that the inflation impacts
1: that's true you know and, and Jennifer can speak to this as well. I know, but you know we generally use four point six percent for yeah. inflation right Which, and
2: that that's a I would say that's a little high, but we like to err probably. on the conservative side we it look is. you know we look at what inflation you know was from nineteen twenty nine to the present. Um, But you have years when, like, Carter was in office and you had 12 to 14% inflation in a year. Um, Even if you use, like, a 3%, which has probably been more the long-term average uh, inflation rate, um, that's still significant over a period of time. That can make a big difference. And, you know, if you are planning on retiring and living – 30 years once you retire, you mm-hmm. know, that can really add up over that period of yeah. time. well,
1: think about that. If you applied a 3% rate to your spending, which let's just say it's $80,000 this year, 3% on 80000 every year for 30 years, I mean, can you imagine what that cost of, of your spending is going to look like down the road? And so to, to answer your question, Blake... I think that's one of the most important factors that you'll use when you're you're looking at your retirement planning because that ultimately is going to be your gauge for how much you need to grow your money just in order for it not to lose value, right? I mean, that's why we tell folks keeping your money in the bank and even in short-term CDs these days could actually cause you to lose money because of that inflation factor. And so it's an offset that you absolutely have to keep in mind and consider and have part of your financial plan because otherwise it could be the the difference between – being able to retire early and not being able to retire early.
0: At all.
2: Yeah, so Maybe, just yeah. to, you know, I know you said 80000 <laughs> but just to give you uh, some numbers, if you uh, were spending $50,000 a year and you had an inflation rate of 3% in 10 years, you would need about... a year to spend that. In 25 years, you'd need about $105,000.
0: It adds up quick. It sure does. All right, you've been listening to Money Talks. I'm saying the market's up next week. Thanks for listening.